On today's show, we talk to a developer who just so happens to be an architect as well, and they share some really interesting insights about what's happening in the multifamily space, as well as what building product manufacturers can be doing to market and sell more effectively to developers. This episode has a ton of great insights and recommendations for how manufacturers can be marketing and messaging more effectively to this audience. And if you stay until the end, our guest shares some really interesting pieces of information and advice about how you should be setting up your internal teams to better service and support developers as well as the rest of your audience and your channel. It's an excellent show. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams. We have a great show lined up for you today. We've got Michael Padovic, who's the Chief Design Officer at StoryBuilt, on the show with us today. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hi, Zach. Thank you for inviting me today. Yeah. By the way, what an incredible title, Chief Design Officer. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, that's awesome. So for our listeners, maybe you can just give us a little bit of background on yourself and what makes StoryBuilt unique. Sure. I, that's a that's a good uh, good segue with the, the chief design officer role. I think it's it's interesting because we were just finding a way to describe, you know, what I do and, and that we have both architecture and engineering in-house for our company. And so my my specific role is is overseeing both of those departments. We have leaders within each of those departments, but both of those aspects roll up to me. Uh, StoryBuild is a vertically integrated urban infill builder, developer. You know, our current sort of take or approach on things is, is just creating a lifestyle brand, right? So that gets into bigger, sort of a little bit more lofty sort of aspirations, but it sort of signifies where we're going. But where we've been and what we do is really, you know, finding some great sites within some great cities and putting the best product possible there for that city. And um, I think what's unique to our approach is having the vertical integration, having design in-house and, and all the other aspects. It allows us to be a little more flexible and nimble and specific to providing the right product for the site as opposed to having a specialized product mm. and just find sites that work for that. So we want to find the best sites and we want to put the best product on that site. Can you talk to me a little bit more about vertical integration? Because I think the way you define it might be different than other people. Sure. I really like your approach. And I would really love for you to share what that means to our listeners. Yeah. I mean, I to be honest, I tend to be a very literal person. And so the concept of vertical integration to me sounds a lot like hierarchy, yep. right? But you know what it means for me and, and the company is that everybody who touches the project work, works for our company right? We acquire the land, we plan it, we design it, we engineer it, we build it, we sell it, you know, everything is in-house. There's a couple aspects that we're not doing in-house, but, you know, even through the community management, that's all part of our company. So we want to be, you know, taking people on the journey through, you know, whether it's renting or owning or working on our sites, we want to be involved with them from the moment we, you know, acquire the land and bring them on as customers through helping them, you know, through community management afterwards. Yeah. And if I can to your horn for a moment, you know, I think part of what I think makes you all unique is your approach to design in those scenarios, meaning like 
if you look at a lot of developers, and I don't say this negatively, but like architecture is a part of what they do. Whereas design architecture is at the forefront of your all's thinking. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, design plays a very prominent role in our projects. And, and I would say, especially because, again, we're trying to craft the best product for the mm-hmm. site. It means doing things a little differently sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I want to be careful not to come across too like arrogant in that way. And mm-hmm. that, you know, I think we do talk to a lot of people that have design in-house and have architecture in-house. And a lot of people are really finding ways to deliver product in a, at least in this moment in time, was a very, you know, almost a crisis situation for the housing situation. But um, people have their different ways of delivering, you know, their, their product. But we do look at it very carefully with the design eye from the beginning. You know, it's working the architecture team, engineering team, working directly with our acquisitions team as they bring something on, knowing that we are also then carrying that project through the whole way. We can start looking at, we're not sort of just dropping boxes on a site that will sell as an entitled property or yeah. you know, sell like lots to builders. We want to craft every corner of that site and carry that through so that it feels curated. And then, and then the customers, you know, sort of, the people who live there and, and work there or even, you know, our mixed use communities dine there or, you know, shop there are, they feel that care all the way through from, you know, that, that, that we try to approach it with moment we're looking at the site to how you might interact with a detail as you're walking through the site, right? Yep. You know, there's really two things we talk a lot about on the show. You know, the first being, you know, where's the industry headed? What's changing? What do we need to be aware of? That's both residential and commercial. And the second part of that is, well, what can manufacturers be doing, specifically building product manufacturers be doing to be more effective in their marketing and sales approach? And so I want to focus the conversation a little bit right there. When you're looking at what's happening in the development arena, I mean, gosh, 2020, you like just turned everything on its head, you know? <laughs> I mean, for everybody yeah. in a lot of ways. But from your perspective, what are you seeing that's happening in the marketplace and what are you all doing to continue to pivot and be relevant and take advantage of the moment? Well, you know, I'll start on, you know, on the design and planning side, you know, the, the big movement is, is where people are and the spaces of their homes. Like you said, it's completely flipped on its head. And I know the sort of the topic of this conversation is more through the product and building materials. So I do want to acknowledge that from a planning design perspective, things have really opened up, you know, in terms of what we have to think, think through these days. And you just really never know what's next. You know, there's, there's different reports. People were saying they're moving away from big cities. And, and then there's other reports saying, well, no, they're not really. And this might just be a blip. You know, what we're seeing in Austin specifically, where we're headquartered is people are flocking. I mean, it is, we are having a huge influx. And so, so we need to be smart about that urban environment that we're developing right now. And so that's, that's the one piece. The other piece with regards to building and manufacturing, I think, you know, the big thing, and this is nothing new, but the big thing in my mind that's happening is people just need to find ways to be more efficient and deliver the product quicker. Those are, those are really the big, for me, in, in building and manufacturing, that's, that's probably the biggest thing in my mind that's happening. And there's a lot of conversation around, you know, prefab or offsite yep. manufacturing. 
manufacturing and delivering that to the site. And we've looked at partnering with people or how could we bring that in house? And we're, you know, be fairly transparent. We're, we're a very big idea company, right? We want to, we're always trying to deliver the best product, but see what's next. And so we talk a lot about sustainability. We talk a lot about efficient manufacturing methods. We talk a lot about that stuff. And a lot of times sort of, you know, whiteboard, how would we bring this on or how would we bring this on? And oftentimes it doesn't get beyond that, but we're trying to be innovative and think through those things. So the offsite prefab manufacturing of these, you know, units is, is something that's really prominent. And we, we definitely think about internally, you know, we use from an architecture perspective, we use Revit, you know, so we're highly involved in BIM and how all those pieces tie together. You know, that's a critical step in taking that software and then connecting it to the construction side of things. So we have things in place to get there. And so those those things we're interested in and thinking about. And I think a lot of products and, and manufacturers are are thinking about that, not necessarily for prefab and delivery, but it's you know it's about efficiency and, and just supply chain and, and and getting things out there quicker with the same quality, right? We can't reduce the quality. It has to be still be a good quality. The other thing from a product and manufacturing standpoint that I think is really important, and these two things aren't necessarily going hand in hand, is the sustainability aspect, the green, you know, carbon footprint. It's sometimes it's difficult to be efficient and also be sustainable. And so again, being an innovative, you know, trying to aspire to be an innovative company, we do think a lot about, you know, how is our product affecting the climate. You know, we we say a lot about where we build is our sustainable strategy. It's urban infill. We are finding sites that are connected. We're trying to increase density so there are less people driving further out. So that's important, but it's not enough. And you know, as a as a builder, you know, one reason we really found a niche and sort of you know helped take off was in the late 2000s, 2009, 2010, made a decision to do spray foam insulation and solar panels as a standard, right? As a company, our approach is like the options are included. Now, sometimes there's tweaks to that based on the model, but I like that. you do see people get into the market. I mean, how, you've seen the signs starting in the 200s, starting in the 300s, and by the time you add everything into the home you want, you know, you're in the 400s and higher. Our, you know, strategy, and that's all included. Not that we don't give the customers a choice as to, you know, some tile palettes or, you know, paint selections and, and things like that, but we want some transparent pricing. So there are sort of these market tweaks. And, and so we might have some options here, might have some options there. But going back to where I started this, we made some decisions early on to, to just like, this is sort of a, a non-negotiable. This is part of our, our product. And we're at that point now where building codes, other builders, they've already implemented that stuff or they're moving beyond it, right? And so, you know, our next step is how do we be smart and and stay, you know, we like to say leading edge, but not necessarily bleeding edge. There you go. But we do want to be leaders in that respect. And then you mentioned, you asked, you know, on the side of what can manufacturers be doing? You know, the, the first thing that comes to my mind that I look for is, sort of know know who your customer is. And it is really sort of, you know, it's a very simple example, but 
one person who came to us in terms of a, of a product was like just an addressing, you know, a- address numbers. And if that person had done the research on our company and who we are and what we do, they would have seen that either their product as a whole wasn't really a good fit. Just mm-hmm. We're a little contemporary. This is a lot more traditional and it just wasn't a good fit. But maybe they have something that they're working on or another aspect of their product to say, look, the bulk of our stuff isn't necessarily a fit, but hey, check this out. This is contemporary. I think it'll fit well. You know, I think we see it from a sales team perspective, from a marketing perspective, from the relationships we make as, you know, people who go purchase land, who play in these big cities. We want to be, we want to be good partners. It takes a little more time to make an extra phone call, do a little research, but you know, you just don't want to shoot it out there. The more you understand what we're doing when you're approaching us with a product, the better I feel like, you know, we, we're having, you know, we're a couple steps down the conversation instead of just sort of lobbing stuff at us. Just throwing stuff at you. Yeah. I like what you said there about knowing your customer. I know it sounds really obvious, but it's, it's really true. At least knowing the individual you're speaking to. Yeah. What I like about your position, Michael, is you're a developer slash builder slash architect. And so you've got a really unique vantage point. Like you're thinking about the products that go into a building in multiple different facets, multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. I can ask you a really simple question. Like, how are you finding out about new products? Like, how are you doing research or how is your firm? Like, I mean, it's a very simple question, but like a lot of people are like, I think a developer, builder, architect would like my product. I just need them to find it. Yeah. Like how should people be marketing and what are they not doing that they should be considering? Well, that's uh, it's a good question because I can tell you how we get a lot of the information, but I, I'm not exactly sure on the actual source. So let me tell you okay. how we do. What we do is we encourage the team that if you see something that's cool, let's talk about it, bring it in. Like never, like never hesitate to bring something Fourth, you know, that was like, I saw this on a project. I think it's really cool. Let's look into it. It might be, you know, 10 times the cost of our typical like facade material, you know, but I'm always interested to say, well, if we know the price, we have in-house purchasing, we have in-house construction, we can try to get ahead on it. Right. But to tell you where, where we source those things is a good question because I think, I think people are just finding a lot of different material and just going and finding out what's on that product. You know, one resource that's good out there that I don't use as much as I wish is a website called Architizer, right? And they host a lot of projects, but what they also do is they they want to see your specs. They want to see what products you're using and who you've been talking to. And that for me was really interesting. It was ended up being a block as to why we haven't like uploaded everything, you know, like yep. uploaded projects to that to that site before because you really just want to send pictures. And then they, maybe they get interested and they publish it, but they're looking for more information. I think their company, you know, that platform is also evolved, trying to evolve to, to be more of a resource. But when I see, you know, me as an architect, we look through, you know, magazines, websites, things like that. Anytime you see something cool and then the product information is there, like even just bullet pointed, that's really helpful, you know? And so... Who do you think is doing it well? If I could put you on the spot, like which which manufacturers are doing it well? Like who you're like, okay, those guys, they tend to do a pretty good job. That that's a good one. I mean, I think someone who's established themselves, and it might be, you know, just sort of the easy answer right now, but someone who's established themselves in 
the industry and, and just as a go-to, obviously is, is James Hardy, Hardy Board. It's, it's something that, that we go to often, right? Almost as a, you know, an automatic, right? And I know there's other products out there that are competitors, but you, you talk about someone who's just become like, you know, it's like Kleenex, right? It's Hardy. You might be putting something else on your building and still call it Hardy. And what I've, what we've seen and been looking at, you know, more, you know, they've been introducing some additional profiles and things like that. And those are the things that are interesting to me is to say how, you know, instead of just the lap siding or the panels, how can a product like reinvent itself and become something else that like you use it in a new way, but still can take care of your liability concerns, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. How are they, de- how are they delivering that message to you about like, Hey, here's our new products. Are they emailing you? Is a rep sharing that with you? Like, how are you finding out about that? That's a good point. I mean, I believe that came to us kind of through your traditional sort of lunch and learn method. Somebody just reached it out. The benefit to our, to our company is that we kind of have two angles of getting that information. We have the architects who are designing, thinking through the materials and they, we get comments from this group or that group, or, you know, email, Hey, we'll do lunch and learns. We also have the purchasing team and they're getting information from their suppliers and trades and then they'll bring stuff to us or we'll bring, we'll take stuff to them. And, and then we get, you know, so a benefit to us is that we have both of those groups in house. And so it's almost embarrassing to say, I don't know, you know, always how something gets in. It's just all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's in, we have a, we have a sample and we're, we're interested in using it. Well, I think discovery, like it's not always linear. Yeah. It's like, oh, you spoke to somebody, you saw something, maybe you saw an ad, maybe you saw something on Instagram. Yeah. Maybe you randomly saw an email or you drove by a building. And you're like, that's really cool. Like we should figure out what that is. Yeah. You know, we're visual, right? Like I, my phone is full of screenshots from Instagram that I want to like, just find out what that is, you know, and remember it for later, just cause it's like, that's cool. We got to take a look at that. Oh, I do the same thing. I do the, do the same yeah. exact thing. Yeah. And I'm not even an architect. Like I'm like, <laughs> that's a really cool product. You know, that's like, cool. I follow, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, do you follow uh, architecture hunter by chance? Like on Instagram? I don't. There you go. They've got like 2 million followers. It's a great follow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, Architizer is a good one too. I don't know if you follow them as well. Yeah, definitely follow them. You know, and, and for us, it's just about like, for, for me, I like following others that are either locally, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, they're just, their, their stuff is out there. They're getting a lot of recognition and, and you know, nationally, the big, you know, the big firms, just cause it's all, it's all a good mix. Right. Well, one thing I always found was interesting this was something that, you know, sort of might, you know, play into some of the conversation we've been having. But when I first started working with this company, because I, you know, for you know, my previous life was architecture and third-party delivery, right? And the move to be the, you know, sort of lead the in-house team, um, you know, my wife is an architect as well. She works with us. You know, the, we, we, we came on 10 years ago to start building this team for the company. One of the first things that came to my mind was that, that I experienced was we would call suppliers to get information and I would call the architecture numbers, right? They, they usually have like an architecture number or a trade number. And I would say, I work for a developer and I would get put through to like another team on the organization, right? Okay. They have groups that want to work with the architects, like within, within a, product, you know, rep yep. presentation. Like they, they have people that want to work with the architects and they have people that want to work the, with the contractors. And I would always kind of get pushed to the contractor's side. And I don't know if that's like an industry standard thing 
or, you know, it feels like things need to be more integrated, you know, these days. And so you don't and, like that. You, you think it should be one person can service across the board. Like, are you seeing more multifaceted, like yourself, like design architect developer, like, are you seeing that that's a need for manufacturers to pivot how they approach? I think you need to have the information. I don't know why that's a standard, right? Why is it that you have, and we experience it on our interior design side, right? We have an interior designer in house and, and she likes to pick materials and she also wants to work with the supplier. But then sometimes that supplier says, well, you guys are also builders. So you have to work with our building department, right? So they're making it more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah, certainly. It adds a, a wrinkle, right? Because you, you don't always know that you're getting the same information. Someone you, you maybe were working with for two, three, four years is now you know passing you off to another group that their focus is on serving the construction side. And so they might not be thinking through things from a design perspective. It's just for me that sort of that interaction and that setup, mm-hmm. you know, they say the building world, the construction world is very slow to adapt, right? Home building is very slow to adapt. And, and so I know that there's things in place for a reason and it makes things more efficient and, and on the back end, but you might be missing out on working with a group like us because you can't figure out who we are. Are we designers? Are we builders? You know, and there, I think that's fine. Some people, that, that might be their, you know, just how their business is set up. But I think, you know, sort of being open-minded and knowing that as architects, we have to be thinking through material costs. We have to be thinking through, you know, like ease of construction. And I think we also have people on our construction team that are thinking through, you know, how this material looks in the field and understanding that we have a way that we want that to pull through knowing that, you you know, there's this information out there that just can't easily be put into a, you know, this container or that container. I hear you. Michael, man, this has been super helpful and fascinating. I think a lot of people listening to the show are going, I need to rethink how I position my market, you know, I, and in a good way, you know, and so I just really, you know, want to thank you for your time. If someone wants to get in contact with you or connect, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way to get hold of our team is just go our website, www.storybuilt.com. And from there, you can get in contact with anybody. I mean, you know, the sales number is pretty prominent, but we have a general office number as well. And, you know, we try to answer questions, get back to people as soon as possible because it's, it's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for our listeners, if you like this content, make sure you go to vmbo.com slash podcast to subscribe and get more. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody. Bye.